This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Welcome to episode 42 of the Sustainable-ish podcast. At this point, I wanted to do something really clever with the we're all going on a summer holiday song, but in the last couple of child-free days I'm going to have for the next six weeks, I'm going to have to prioritise my time quite ruthlessly, and that sadly didn't make the cut. Suffice it to say that the podcast is taking a break which is code for I'm taking a break over the summer holidays and we'll be back refreshed and raring to go again in September. But worry not if you can't bear the long holiday journeys without my dulcet tones to keep you company, then why not download the whole back catalogue? Okay, just quickly before I let you know about the awesome source that is coming to your ear holes today, just a little heads up about the background noise in this episode. My guest today was partway through a bike, bicycle bike, maintenance course and broke away from taking apart a bike wheel and putting it back together again, as you do, to come and talk to me. But she was speaking from the middle of a communal area, so there's a little bit of banging and crashing of what I can only assume are bike wheels in the background. Hopefully it doesn't distract too much from your listening pleasure, though. It seems somewhat fitting as we approach August, the traditional holiday month here in the UK, to have a little look at flying. In this episode, I am chatting to Anna Hughes, author, crazy cyclist, all-round sustainability good egg, and founder of the Flight Free UK 2020 campaign. She shares with us the inspiration behind the campaign, why it's so important, and how we can get involved. I love Anna's down-to-earth approach. Although she herself is a hardened non-flyer, she's really aware of the fact that for lots of us, giving up flying is a big ask. And that's why the campaign is to have a flight-free 2020 and isn't asking us all to give up flying forever. Although, obviously, the idea is that having managed for a year, we will have reassessed our relationship with aviation and might choose to travel differently, at least some of the time, moving forwards. So fasten your seatbelts, stow your laptops and make sure your seat is in the upright position. Sorry, I really couldn't resist that. Enjoy. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me on. Oh, really, um, I always say I'm really excited. I am always really excited <laughs> about every single one of my guests. So can you start off by letting us know who you are? Well, I'm Anna. My name's Anna Hughes, and I am an author and an environmental campaigner and a cyclist, and I do lots of things um, to do with sustainability, and I'm currently running a campaign called Flight Free 2020, 
we're going to speak about. Um, it's essentially asking people if they could fly less or at least consider the impact of flying. So, um, yeah, that's that's me. Brilliant. So what got you started in sustainability? Well, I've always been pretty much aware of our, our impact upon the environment as as people mm. and um, so when I was a child I was kind of very interested in in conservation and all that kind of stuff um, and as I grew older and, and went into my adult years I realized that I needed to well uh, it was in within my power to kind of make choices that would impact either lightly or heavily on the environment so I chose to do things like ride a bike everywhere and um, be vegan and those kinds of things um, so yeah, it's kind of an ongoing journey. I think everybody comes to these realizations differently and at different mm-hmm. times. And it was sort of gradually as I kind of went through my life, just uh, adding more and more things and kind of <laughs> realizing what what was going on in the world. Yeah. And when you say you ride a bike everywhere, you quite literally because you did a round <laughs> Britain bike ride, didn't you? So you I did. Yeah. So yeah, I've always been a cyclist. I don't have a car. So basically bicycle is how I get around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also then kind of in my early twenties discovered that bicycle is actually a really good method of exploring and going adventuring. And so, yeah, I did that big long bike ride around the coast of Britain. And since then I've done a, a fair number of cycle tours, nothing as long as that again. How yet. long did that take then to go around? <laughs> uh, that was uh, 10 weeks. So it's 4,000 miles. And you camped as you went round? I didn't actually. I managed to stay in people's houses the whole time because at that time I was a bit of a nervous camper. So yeah. I, uh, I, I have a bed each night. But um, yeah, now on my tours now I do camp. Wow, I'm quite inspired by that. I'm not sure that the kids <laughs> would be very up for it, but yeah. <laughs> I quite like the idea of it. Okay, well, there's, so- there's quite a few people who tour with their families actually. So yeah, oh, um, okay. you should look into it. There's a... Uh, um, yeah. Well. We got the, we managed to do, my kids are eight and 10 and we managed to do 30 miles the other day. Okay. That is pretty good. <laughs> okay. So we'll start somewhere. Not, yeah. <laughs> um, I've promised you, I'm not going to chat too much because we're both under a bit of <laughs> time pressure today. So let's dive in. Tell us about flight free 2020. What is it that you're asking people to do? So the, the idea is that people pledge to take a year off flying. So mm-hmm. Flight Free 2020 is, can you spend the whole year of 2020 without getting on a plane? Yeah. And the idea is that it's a collective pledge. So 100,000 people make the same pledge, mm-hmm. which is part of it because so often we think, oh, well, there's no point in me not flying if it carries, to, yeah. carries on doing so. So it's it's part of the USP of the campaign is that you can see that there are 100,000 other people who are also doing this. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to feel like you're acting alone. Yeah. And did you just pick 100,000 as a big sounding number or is that, does that sort of account for any particular reduction in carbon or anything like that? It's, it's mainly a number that, well, this is modelled on the Swedish campaign mm. that started last year and is asking the same thing. So um, there's now about five or six campaigns running across Europe and in Canada yeah. as well. And they all ask for 100,000 people to take the year off. So it's a little bit dif- different because in Sweden, there are, the population is lower, although right. people are more kind of switched onto this kind of thing anyway. Um, but yeah, g- generally it is because it's a big number, but it's okay. also quite an impressive number, yeah. but also still quite an achievable number in the grand scheme of things so yeah that's so tell us idea. about that Swedish campaign because I've people might have read a few bits and pieces in the press and um, but that was the yeah. first campaign of its kind am I right in saying 
Yes. So I think there've been movements to try and encourage people to fly less for quite a number of years, but Mm -hmm. this was specifically, right, let's, let's do something about the impending climate doom. Mm. Um, We're going to encourage people to take a year flying um, specifically just a year because lots of people will think if you ask them never to fly again, that's not going to engage them. (laughs) Um, And also with the hundred thousand, it was definitely that kind of collective, you're not acting alone idea. Um, And the lady who ran it, Maya, she found that it really did kind of light people's imaginations and and really galvanize people to sign up and encourage their friends to sign up. And they got quite a lot of press coverage um, because it, a wacky idea and yeah. Um, yeah just getting this conversation out there and um and how many people decided did get sign up so it was only fourteen thousand in the end yeah um so this year they're going for the hundred thousand she's confident she can do it so we'll see i mean this is only the first year we're running it so yeah you, you never know really <laughs> absolutely but you say they only got fourteen thousand i think Am I right in saying I read something recently that there's been a is it a four and a half percent drop in the number of flights people in Sweden? Exactly, yeah. So I mean, this is just one campaign that feeds into kind of the wider movement, yeah. and especially in Sweden. There's definitely a flying less trend. So flight bookings are down. A special word for flight shame and all sorts, isn't there in Sweden? It, there is, yeah, fleece scam or something. I'm not <laughs> Swedish. Um, so, uh, yeah, but generally, yeah, the trend is away from air travel and towards rail travel as an alternative. And also, there are um, debates in government in Sweden for making um, making air passenger duty. Well, m- making things so it's it's less attractive to fly and more attractive to do other things. Wow. Okay, now this is possibly a stupid question, but I think sometimes we can be a little bit guilty of assuming knowledge and then people feel like they can't ask um, questions that they feel like maybe they, they should yeah. know. So what exactly is so wrong with flying? So mile for mile, flying is about the worst thing you can do for the environment in mm-hmm. terms of carbon emissions. Also, as a consumer, it is pretty much the most carbon-heavy thing you can buy, a plane ticket. Yeah. Okay. Um, so think about if you're going to go so far and so fast, it just takes a hell of a lot of fossil fuel. Yeah. That's just going to happen. Yeah, so if we're going to put a number on it, if we look at the average um, carbon footprint for someone in the UK, that's about nine tonnes of CIT per year. Uh-huh. Um, if you fly to California, that's three tonnes, I think it's about, these three tons of carbon that's just, just to get one flight so it's a return it's oh, a return okay. to go. so um yes yeah, so that's a third carbon footprint for the whole year and yeah. that's before you've done anything out to eat and how yourself yes. and yes. Get, get to work and all that kind of stuff so yeah it really does make up a huge chunk of our carbon footprints yeah and some people will argue that as a as an industry aviation is only i think the figures vary between two and four percent don't they of of global greenhouse gas emissions and when you compare that to something like the fashion industry which is at eight percent and we all buy clothes they might they some people might say well that's not actually all that bad is it exactly yes there we have to make the distinction between the fact that we are talking about industry versus individual actions so right um, in, dust, in industry-wise, yes, aviation's about between 2 and 5%. And that's because not everybody flies. So mm-hmm. only about 5% of the world's population actually flies. So to use up that much of our global carbon footprint for only 5% of the global population, mm. that's also all, already really high. Yeah. Um, but also, as you say, everybody has clothes. Everybody eats. So the carbon footprint of animal al- agriculture is um, 15%. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so lots of people say, oh, well, surely it's, it makes more impact me going vegan than mm. stopping flying. But if you are one of those 5% of people who do fly, then flying is absolutely the highest part of your carbon footprint. Yes. So um, if you eat meat, for example, that's two tonnes per year. If you're vegan, it's one. So you can right. you can halve your the impact yeah. of your diet just by going vegan. But then that one tonne of carbon, you can spend more than that flying to Tenerife. Okay. So, you know. So in terms of a kind of bang for buck almost, you get more yeah. more reduction by um, giving up flying on your personal. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, none of this is to say that, we, that we shouldn't be vegan. Exactly. We need to be doing all of it, but this is just to illustrate that actually flying is the, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, whenever I've posted about not flying before on social media, it's one of those topics that seems to generate really quite a, an emotional debate. Most people get quite irated about it. They seem to be quite protective over their right to fly. And lots of people saying, well, I can't go flight free because I've got family abroad or I have to fly for work and those kinds of things. How do you um, deal with that kind of um, or those yeah. arguments? Yeah, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because you're right, people are very protective about it and mm. I mean generally people are reluctant to change the way they live yeah. or be told that they need to mm, yeah um, and unfortunately the the un- unavoidable fact is that we do have to change the way we live yeah. we cannot continue like this and um, the planet won't cope um, but yeah if we're talking about people's personal circumstances everybody's circumstances are different of course yeah. and then um, I'm not here to say if you have family on the other side of you shouldn't be flying to see them and um and i'm not here to say that um that flights per se are bad and that we should you know pretend that the aviation industry was never invented yeah. um, but it's definitely about being aware of the impact and perhaps mm-hmm. finding other ways to communicate with the um, to connect with those people that you need to connect with yeah. um, especially for work i mean work is really easy actually to replace <laughs> place to replace flights so there's video conferencing yes. and you could send someone who's perhaps more local and yeah. there are so many ways we just kind of we're in the habit now of just jumping on a plane I know I mean, my husband said um said oh the boss is going to Japan next week and I said why well one of our suppliers is out there so he's just basically going on a jolly to Japan yeah. for a yeah. week like there is no need for that because flights are so relatively cheap now, mm. we seem to have fallen into this trap of going away. I mean, it's not, I don't, because um, it's just not the lifestyle we have with our kids, but, you know, going away for a stag weekend or going away for, a, yeah. you know, whereas you used to have gone to your local nightclub and everybody got drunk. Now it's like, oh, let's go to Malaga for a week or yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's just jet here and jet there. And, and and I think it's very much that mindset that needs to shift. It, yeah, absolutely. And that is what we're really trying to achieve. So it's kind of, it's not that you don't go on that stag do, you just don't go to Prague. Yeah. Or you could go to Prague, you just go by train. You know? yeah. So um, it, it's, it's definitely about trying to break the habit of mm-hmm. let's go away somewhere, let's look at flights. Because that's yes. often people's first thought. And, and um, there are so many other ways to do it. So, you know, um, yeah, it, it's absolutely trying to reassess how we look at our travel and our holidays. And yeah, 30 years ago, we didn't go to Malaga for a Henry weekend. <laughs> and that we could still have a, an equally good time in Whitby or wherever it yes. is. Yeah, yeah, as long as we take our Macs with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the objection that a lot of people have is that travelling uh, other than by plane when you're going abroad is the time it takes and 
frustratingly it's often much much more more expensive and mm. I'm aware that I'm guilty of this because I've only taken two flights I think in the last five years and they've been up to Edinburgh to give talks which uh, is very I felt really guilty about and seemed really mm. counterintuitive to be going to talk about sustainability and flying <laughs> up there but I had yeah. you know the kids childcare to arrange and I had to be aware of the company the people paying my travel expenses and all those sorts of things and it is actually really you know I'd have to get the train to London and then from London up to Edinburgh and it it wasn't didn't feel doable yeah so industry and the um the setup is definitely skewed towards flights and and not towards other methods of Mm. transport so it would be it would be far better if it were easier to book uh rail if there was more options and if it were cheaper so Mm. you know as you say it is often prohibitively expensive to travel by other means um but um sometimes um well there are many situations where we kind of because flights are sort of the default we Mm. then don't even think about other things so um for example i'm going to nice later this year um so i looked at the flight only for comparison reasons of course and i looked at the train so yeah the train takes longer but it's actually the same price as the flight oh okay (laughs) Because, I mean, if I travelled tomorrow, it would be 300 quid. But if I look, book in advance, you can get it down to oh 80. The flight's oh, wow. 60. Yeah, the flight's 60. And then you have to get to the airport in the first place. So actually, if you if you do think about yeah. it a little bit more cleverly, um, I went to Dublin a little while ago, and that actually was cheaper to go by train and by boat than it was to fly. So, um, yeah, we, exactly. We, we kind of, we don't, we just assume that flights are cheaper yeah. because in many cases they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously the um, the industry needs to um, help us out by making yeah. um, train travel cheaper. And also, there is no tax on aviation fuel, so that's, that's been the bonkers, case, isn't it? It is bonkers, and we've, we're getting to the stage where we need to reflect the carbon cost of our travel in the price of the ticket. Yeah. You know, it, we cannot continue to ignore that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it needs to that kind of thing needs to change, and that's also why that's part of what we're trying to achieve with the project is to put pressure on yeah. to make that the case. So, yeah. yeah, I was listening to another podcast that you were on, and they were talking about I'm not sure which country it is, but a country are thinking about introducing almost like a a flying budget of sort of one flight per citizen or so, or so mm. many air miles per citizen that you, you get as your allocation for that year mm. at, at a, the current rate that they are now price-wise. And then actually the more flights you take, the more expensive it becomes. And that seems quite a sensible... Yeah, so that's actually Green Party policy here in the in the UK. Oh, um, a frequent flyer levy. So the more you fly, the more expensive it gets. Mm. And also there's a campaign called A Free Ride, which just which looks at giving... A tax-free. Your first flight per year is tax-free, and then after that, the tax goes up, and it's yeah. more and more expensive the more you fly. And that just seems to make a huge amount of sense because the the increased price will, I think, make you think twice about yeah. flying. But also, you know, if yeah. you've got to do it, if your work or whatever are demanding you do it, then they're going to have to pay the the price. Exactly. For you. Yeah. And something we also want to push for is having carbon information when you book a flight as well. I was well. going to say so, that you should do yeah. it like the cigarette packs, like absolutely. Uh, however many acres of yeah rainforest. Exactly. So many people have had the same idea. So we're going to put something together for later this year and try and try and get something going. But yeah, um, yeah, um, reducing the number of adverts for flights, um, imp- um, providing carbon information when you book. And like some kind of health warning, like they have on cigarette packets. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So how about carbon offsetting then? Because I had a chat with uh, 
Vicky from Earth Changes, who are a sustainable mm. tourism company. And um, she did a whole dissertation, I think, into um, carbon offsetting. And she said that mm. actually there are very, very few projects that <laughs> yes. work. Carbon offsetting is incredibly problematic, partly because, as you say, very few projects actually work. So looking at the carbon footprint of your flight, a, a, four, a Boeing 747 flying from London to Edinburgh mm-hmm. creates 33 tonnes of carbon dioxide. Right. Now, there is not enough space on the planet to plant enough trees to absorb enough carbon dioxide for all of the flights that take. Wow. It's, that yeah. it's just a mathematical impossibility. So, yeah, first of all, like the, it's set up to fail from the start. Yeah. But also offsetting, if you do offset, you just think, oh, well, that's fine then. I'll carry on flying. And yes. so it, it doesn't address no that whole kind yeah. of, yeah, exactly. There's no incentive to reduce and it doesn't address the, the mindset that we've already spoken about, that flying is just seen as the default. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, longer term, we've, you've already spoken about some of the things that you want the, the campaign to, um, to sort of make us think about. But this mm. is about more than just getting people to quit flying for a year because you know, there's no point, I guess, well, there is a point, but if everybody just gives up flying for a year and then continues, oh <laughs> yeah. um, I guess it's a little bit like, you know, I spent, we spent a year buying nothing new and then yeah. we did that and it completely changed how we look at things. So we didn't exactly, go yeah. back to what we were doing beforehand. Yeah. 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 So um, um, part of this is just to kickstart um, a social movement away yeah. from flying. Yeah. Um, and it is, you know, short term, behavior change leads to longer term behavior change as you've just described so it will it just get this conversation into the public conscious which is the idea it will hopefully make people think okay I managed a year without flying maybe I'm only going to now limit myself to one flight every two years or whatever it is so yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and I think as you said about starting conversations because I was I know that you've got some little um, when people sort of sign up for the pledge, they can take a picture with a, the sort of pledge, can't they, to post on yeah. social media. And, and yeah. actually, I think that's quite a good way of, because I can imagine that I could post that on my personal Facebook page and not yeah. feel like I'm beating people over the head, like exactly, judging them for yeah. flying. This is the choice that I've made. Yeah. You want to have a chat to me about it, come and have a chat to me about it. But Definitely. We, yeah, we really want to make this very much kind of personal choice, no shaming will hopefully make people think about what they could do perhaps yeah yeah and I think I'm aware that with a lot of the environmental movements and things that we already lots of people already feel guilty about enough things anyway um (laughs) and I think one thing especially with flying maybe that we need to think about is is not having a backlash from people going, well, I only go away for like two bloody weeks a year and, and I just want some yeah. sunshine and to go to the yeah. beach and things. And are you going to deprive me of even that simple pleasure? And um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People, yeah, and I completely understand that. You know, everybody wants to go and lie on a beach yeah. on their holiday because they work hard. Yeah, yep, got it. The thing is, you can actually take a coach to Malaga. Right, okay. <laughs> you, know? you could take yeah. a train to Nice. Uh-huh. Um, you can even go easily to Italy, Corsica, all of these places. They're, they're easy to access. It might take a bit longer, but like you mentioned before, um, part of the thing about the, um, the fact that it takes longer is that the journey then becomes part of the holiday. Yeah. So, yeah, when I was a kid, we drove to Italy and we went wow. through we went through loads of different countries. Um, and I learned to, talk, to speak um, to count to ten in each of those languages. Like, that wouldn't have happened had we just got on a plane and then arrived in Italy, you know. Yes. Um, and I remember that, and I'm now I know how Europe connects, and I know where all the countries are because I did that trip. And um, 
you know, so actually, if you travel slowly or if you travel over land, you get a completely different experience. And I would argue a far richer experience than if you fly. So you can see that as part of the holiday. So your holiday doesn't start when you yeah. touch down in Tenerife. It starts when you get on the train or the bus yeah. or the boat to get there in the first place. You know, there are overnight there are overnight coaches, overnight boats. So, so even some of your travel time can just be spent asleep. <laughs> so I guess you know, instead of seeing it as the travel time eating into our holiday time, we need to start looking yeah. at the travel time as a part of the holiday exactly, time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, I kind of, I, I do really like the idea of that, but there is a part of me going, God, my kids would just drive me mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't have kids, so I can't comment, but. But I do have nieces and nephews, and actually, they love train travel. They're okay. so good. Yes, you I know, I can't yes. imagine them sitting you can on an aeroplane. On a, sit on a four thing. You can spread some games out. You can take some food. Yeah. So, yeah, that train yeah. feels more doable than... And to be honest, uh, if they're on a plane, like, people are going to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone hates they're gonna hate you. They're going to hate you wherever you are. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so why is it that train travel is so much more expensive? Um, it's partly because of the... Comparatively, because um, because of the fact there's no fuel, um, no tax on aviation fuel. Okay. Um, it's also uh, aviation receives massive subsidies from the government in a way that trains don't. So why is that? Um, why I, historically, why is there no tax on aviation fuel, and why is aviation subsidised? Sorry, that so might not be a question. That, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. That that uh, that came from international agreement. That's four, 50 years ago or something. Wow. When it, and it was it was the companies who wanted people to get on their aeroplanes. So they mm-hmm. said, right, how are we going to do this? Okay, so we will um, agree that we won't, we won't tax fuel. Um, then we can offer rock bottom prices. Lots of people will take, take this new incredible form of transport. Um, off we go. And then that's never changed. But so. that's governments who are agreeing to not tax them. Yeah. God, that's mental. Oh, no. I, I, <laughs> it yeah. can be overturned at any time. So there's currently an EU citizens initiative to get the EU to, to overturn that. So how, I say, how easy would that be? It feels like, to me with mm. no political knowledge at all. Like, oh my God, why don't they just like, okay, there you go. Why don't they just, Jen? Yeah. That is a very good question. <laughs> why don't they do lots of things? Oh, <laughs> that's made me really cross. Oh um, no. Okay. Now, how do we balance that desire to see the world, to experience all the different cultures and things it has to offer to show our kids that there's something other than, you know, rural Wiltshire or windy beaches? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How do we balance that desire to, to travel with the knowledge that that very travel is damaging the world we're wanting to see? It, it, that comes down to your personal conscience, I suppose, mm-hmm. because... Um, of course, we all want to travel and we all want to see amazing things. There are amazing things to see here on our doorstep yeah. in the UK. And I know that because I've seen lots of them by um, cycling around the coast mm. and doing lots of travel within the UK. Um, and honestly, the more I travel within the UK, the more I want to travel within yeah. the UK. I realise just how much there is here. And it's so incredible and so mm. many gems um, that I haven't discovered them all yet. So, you know, let me at it. Um, <laughs> Obviously, here we don't get as much sunshine or, or yes. warmth as we might want. So that, that's why this summer I'm going down to the Mediterranean, Costa del Sol. You know, it's completely perfectly accessible by um, by means other than flying. And to be honest, I probably will never go to Australia, but that's yeah. okay. I don't have to go to Australia. I will never go to Machu Picchu. 
that's okay too. Yeah. You know, we don't have to see these things. And and the thing is, we have to, we 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 do actually need to address our desire and our need yeah. to go to all these places because that that trip to New Zealand that's gonna that's gonna fit. Uh, fill up your carbon budget for the next three years. Like really? If we are to bring our carbon footprint down to the recommended levels for ongoing sustainability, which is between two and three tons per year each. And by the way, if you eat meat, you're pretty much done. Um, <laughs> flying to New Zealand is about seven tons. So I'm really sorry. And so you have to ask yourself, how much do I really want to see New Zealand? Uh, and, or how much do I really want my kids to have a future? Oh, so, wow. You know, I yeah. know. It's, no, it's I, such yeah. a tough one. It's so yeah. tough. <laughs> but it shouldn't be that tough, should it? It should be just the <laughs> thing is like, well, of course I want my kids to have a future. So, yeah, you know, exactly. I no brainer. Scotland, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. And, and how much is there to discover in Scotland? It's an incredible place. Yes. So, you know, it, it's just kind of, it's seeing this not as a restriction, but as a, an opportunity to find new things. It, it's you know. exactly that isn't it it's trying to flip the narrative almost so that things yeah. aren't being taken away from you you're having things other opportunities presented to you and it's really exactly to see that as yeah i think people are very protective over their right to travel their right to fly yeah and, and, and i yes, can and do yeah that. exactly but i completely understand that as well and it is hard to hear you know like i just said it is it is really hard to hear um, and it's such an uncomfortable conversation to have. Mm. And I'm, I'm terrible at having this conversation with my friends and family because I don't want to make, I don't sound like, oh, and it's going on about the climate I know, again. you don't and, want um, to you know, their eyes uh, at you. Yeah. Exactly. And you don't want to offend anyone. And you, and, but actually, you sort of, it, you kind of have to take, take heart from the fact that um, it's not that people don't care. It's yeah. that they would fight for this if they knew what was at stake. Yes. You have to kind of reassure yourself that, that that's, yeah. that's mostly the case. And have you found that by doing this campaign, by starting this campaign, you have found it easier to have those conversations with friends and family? <laughs> no, kind <laughs> of, kind of. I mean, I'm still a little bit nervous about talking to my friends about it. But um, isn't that weird? See, I will happily uh, spout off on Facebook or, do you know, <laughs> that and then somebody in the playground and I'm like, Oh, oh gosh, oh, can't I mention it. feel like I'm judging them. I know. It's hard. It's so hard. Although, um, because I'm now, because um, I'm talking about this campaign a lot and I've been in The Guardian and um, other for, um, other media and my friends happen to see it and they're like, oh, wow, this, it was really cool to see in the paper. Um, I now feel really guilty about the fact that I'm going on here. And <laughs> I picked like, it up at the That airport. is the first step. That's the first step. <laughs> I don't need to say anything else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and them seeing there is an element of, of with all of this of it becoming socially acceptable for you to do something else it's like with the plastic yeah. bags and the coffee cups and yeah. the more people we see sucking it up and taking the train or whatever the yeah. more normal that becomes yeah exactly yeah um yes so you're jetting off to not jetting off you're <laughs> training what, what's the term wheeling off chuffing off not sure <laughs> The... any one of those will do yeah. um, so are you train or coach or how are you getting down to the oh, well actually i'm cycling down to nice and i'm getting the train back shut up <laughs> you're cycling yes. to nice how long is that going to take it's going to take um, about 10 days what yeah. amazing like so now i'm and then are you spending any time in nice uh yeah so <laughs> get this right i mean i'm not going to blow your mind a little bit more so <laughs> the idea is that um 
cycling so uh, 550 miles across France to Provence and then I'm going to cycle up Mont Ventoux <laughs> three times why <laughs> they do this in the Tour de France I know why that's a really good question I'm going to be asking myself that with every pedal on the way up um it's just it's just a cycle cycle challenge and yeah. it's reasonably famous cycle challenge and it's just something that's been in the back of my mind for a while and I completely understand that I'm a nutter for wanting to do it um, but I'm going to do it and um, and then after that my reward is going to be carry on cycling to Nice which is another hundred hundred miles and then go swimming in the sea yay wow <laughs> oh my goodness yeah. so the whole thing is are you planning that will take you two weeks or three weeks or are you having longer oh no it's going to be shorter than that so the whole thing from start to finish is two weeks so that's doable within your you know annual leave allowance yeah. or that absolutely kind of thing. yeah yeah I mean if that's what if that's the kind of holiday you want to go on cycling <laughs> 700 miles and then cycling up a mountain three times yourself then, out. yes exactly <laughs> but yeah I mean stuff like that absolutely doable in in the time allowed Wow. And is that um, like an organised tour or are you just... Oh, no, I'm just doing it myself, actually. Although um, people are more welcome to join me. <gasps> uh, I'm doing it with one of my friends, um, but I've, I kind of have thrown it out to see if anyone else wants to join wow. me here and there. So, yeah, it, 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 I've put it on my Facebook page. If people are tempted, yeah. <laughs> they can look it up and get in touch. Please oh, do. <laughs> brilliant. So what... Um, you mentioned a couple of websites that were useful for, or that were talking about um, flight taxing, I think, weren't you? So I'll, mm. I'll send links to them. But are there any useful resources for people who are wanting to explore other options other than flying? Yeah, I would say so. So um, there's a good website called loco2.com, and that is a search engine for train travel. Okay. Um, there's also the man in seat 61, so yep. seat61.com, and he has basically traveled all over Europe but over land mm-hmm. and he's really good with advice and tells you exactly where you need to go and what connections there are and yeah. that kind of stuff and I've used his website many times in planning trips to Strasbourg oh, really? and Copenhagen and wherever else I've been oh also there's Flixbus Flixbus is a European long distance coach company okay. so if you if you don't want to pay for the train yeah. buses are way cheaper although not quite as pleasant <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and I actually stumbled across a Facebook group. I can't remember what it's called now, but that's about flight free. Oh yeah, there's flight flight free travelers network. Oh okay, brilliant. So yeah. I'll post a link to that. Yeah. So um, if people and hopefully lots of people want to get involved after hearing this, how can we yeah. sort of officially sign up and add our number to the hundred thousand? Okay, so the website is flightfree.co.uk, mm-hmm. and the pledge page is then forward slash pledge. Okay. And that's where you make your pledge to sign up. If yeah. you want us to just simply find out more, then you can go to the website or you can go to our Facebook page, which is Flight Free UK. Yeah. And we're also on Twitter at Flight Free 2020. Brilliant. And so you've got, any, the website is brilliant. There's so much information on there and um, and you've answered, you know, a lot of these questions that I've asked you on here, yeah. you've kind of answered on there. And they're obviously questions you get asked again and again. But, um, <laughs> yeah it is really useful information um so yeah i would encourage people to go there and have a little look and your facebook page is really good as well at flagging up the latest news articles yeah, and really yeah, making you think like oh shit yeah no i do something about <laughs> yes definitely yeah um and just putting you on the spot before we finish have you got a couple of top tips for people wanting to ditch the plane like how you know if people are going okay i'm gonna do flight free 2020 but help i think yeah just basically don't see it as a See it mm-hmm. as an adventure. Yeah. Um, talk to people about it. 
because you, yeah. you'd be surprised at the reception you, you might be surprised at the reception and um there you you have to look a bit further to find out alternate travel and yeah. all that kind of stuff but there are lots of people out there who don't fly and um it, it's it's kind of nice a nice club to be part of yeah. and um yeah there's yeah. loads of information out there and plan ahead and book ahead it sounds like with train tickets yes definitely <laughs> okay definitely yeah, yeah. Fab. Oh, thank you so much. And you've taken a break out of your assessment for your bike maintenance, which it sounds like you might yeah. need cycling up. Um, <laughs> yeah, as well. yeah. So thank you for doing that. Brilliant. And um, very good luck with the campaign and hopefully we'll keep in touch with you. Thanks so much, Jen. Great to talk. You've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small. Every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.